Listener Production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Hi, I'm midwife Kath, and this is Birth, Baby, and Beyond, your guide to all things birth and baby related. I've delivered thousands of babies and helped countless numbers of parents. And the thing I get asked about the most is how do I get my baby to sleep? So in this special episode, I'm going to share with you my guide to all things sleep-related for your baby. From the first night at home with a newborn and starting my famous bath, bottle and bed routine to my proven formula for passive settling your little one in a way that's comfortable for both baby and parents. You'll learn the reasons why your baby might struggle to sleep and what we can do about it. If you're the parent of a young baby and you're desperate for a good night's sleep, then you've come to the right place. So let's get started with the most basic information you might need. What your baby should sleep in. When we talk about where is it best for a baby to sleep, well, the best place is in a bassinet or a cot. The most important thing is that it's safe. The bassinets with a mesh sides, because we want a good airflow to be going through to the baby. You don't overheat the baby by lots and lots of blankets. You just dress the baby in a onesie and a nappy and then wrap in a very light muslin wrap. Now, for a cot, a lot of people, their parents will say, I've got your cot from when you were a baby. And it's sort of like, oh, isn't that gorgeous? You know, my baby's sleeping in my cot. It is okay as long as it fits the Australian standards. If you are getting a hand-down cot, fine. Please buy a new mattress. It has to be clean, dry, and it must fit the cot perfectly. Unfortunately, we have lost some babies to cot death because they have slid down the side of the cot. For safety reasons, if you get a cot from your family, please change the mattress or buy a new cot with the mattress fitting. These first six weeks for any mum, whether their baby is term or whether they've got a preemie baby, a jaundice baby, a sick baby or a low-weight baby, They're pretty tough weeks. I found them tough too, and I knew what I was doing. When you're home and you have a newborn baby, many parents look at each other and say, oh my goodness, what do we do? There's a few things to remember. The first process I go through to help a baby with sleeping and help you both to sleep too, and that is with my BBB routine. That stands for bath, breast or bottle and bed. Now, I suggest your partner does the bath. It gives you time to actually go to bed, put earphones in your head and slow down because postnatally, our minds are going 100 miles an hour. The bath is 10 o'clock and I know a lot of people go, 
what? That's far too late. The method in my madness of doing the baby's bath at 10 o'clock for a newborn baby is after 10 o'clock, if we can get the baby to sleep two to three hours initially, as the baby gets older, it will become three to four hours. By six weeks, you can have a baby sleeping five to six hours after the 10 o'clock bath. And as I say to so many mums and dads, it's like a week in Noosa. If you can actually get some sleep in that, I call jet lag time, that midnight, 1am, 2am, 3am, you function better as a parent. You feel happy because you are getting that really essential sleep overnight. As the baby gains weight, they're going to go to sleep a bit earlier than 10 o'clock. And that's where we bring the 10 o'clock bath a little bit earlier every three or four days. Don't go from 10 p.m. bath to six o'clock in two days. Take it very, very slowly by bringing the bath back every four to five, even every week, just a half an hour. I do a very deep, warm bath, and the bath's about 37 to 38 degrees. The reasons why a baby will cry in a bath is if the water is too shallow or it's too cold. After the bath, your partner can dress and wrap the baby and then give the baby a bottle of express breast milk or formula. And then it's bedtime. Your partner can lift the baby who is asleep and babies will suck when picked up and just lightly, lightly stirred. That's called a dream feed or a rollover feed. If we give the baby a good drink, even in its sleep, it actually knocks out the 2am feed. The baby has enough calories in its system to go through to about 4am. You get up and breastfeed, your breast will be really full and the baby will have a great feed back to bed and up at about 6.37 for the day. It sounds like a dream, but if you work at this routine, it really, really works well. The basis of all these routines is that you've got to be consistent. Being consistent not only helps you, but the baby. Babies love knowing what's coming next, and they fall into this very easy routine. And this is the only routine I teach parents because what we want to do is achieve sleeping overnight. Let's say we're at four months and we've got the baby sleeping well. If the baby's sleeping well during the night, it cannot sleep a lot during the day. Babies at this age will have three, maybe even four Little sleeps, 30 to 45 minutes, that's all, and that's all they need. The rest of the time, you need to feed the baby and do tummy time. So when they're on the floor, try not to put all those gadgets over them like a play gym. All of these toys are very enticing. You think it's cute when they sit under the play gym and kick the objects, but believe me, they need nothing. They need their eyes, they need their hands, 
a few shadows. Most importantly, they need your happy face. So we want our babies to move because a baby that stays in one spot doesn't sleep as well. We've got to have the baby moving. Babies need these to go to sleep. They need two things. They need a lot of milk and they need a lot of play. And that is the key to all sleeping. And that goes for us too, even as adults. We need enough to eat and we need to exercise and be active enough so we sleep well. Babies are no exception. There's a lot of pressure on new parents to make their babies self-settle. Number one, the baby has to be old enough. Little newborn babies need a lot of milk. They need a lot of sleep. And they need a lot of love and a lot of cuddling and, and holding. If you try to teach a baby to self-settle, especially under six months, it's actually very painful emotionally for you as a parent to go through. I've spoken to thousands of women. Everyone tells me that it's just so stressful. And it is. Trying to get a baby to do something that it's not capable of, and that's self-settling, it causes distress. Self-settling comes in time when the baby is old enough and the baby weighs enough. Never before. When the baby gets to the magic six months, there's a lot of things you can do and it makes life a little easier. Around six months, the baby will be moving a lot. If it's not hands and knees crawling, it will be doing some sort of a movement around the house. And because we've been feeding the baby to sleep since birth until six months, we need to be able to change some of these patterns. And the way we achieve all of this is through doing passive settling. I know listening to your own baby crying is very difficult for some parents. I totally acknowledge that. I was anxious too doing it. But also, sleep deprivation is not a healthy place for anyone to be. It's worth doing because you're teaching your baby how to go to sleep. And this is when babies self-settle. They learn it, they do it, and it's age appropriate. They are ready at six months. They have enough weight on them and they can handle sleeping a long period with a dream feed and a feed first thing in the morning. I've looked into every possible way of getting babies to sleep, and this by far is the best. It is easy. It's safe. It doesn't hurt the baby, and it works. That's the main thing. Now, the best time to start passive settling is the first sleep after the bath at night. All right, so we're looking at 6.30, 6.30, 7pm to start doing it. When you're doing it for the first time, it may take about an hour and a bit. There's two things that will happen. One, the baby will go to sleep. And the other one is the baby may need to be fed. So I'll go through everything. Baby's bathed in his onesie, singlet, nappy, everything. You kiss the baby and pop the baby down in the cot. Then you walk out and the baby will start to cry. 
I know listening to your own baby crying it is very difficult for some parents. I totally acknowledge that. If either of you don't want to hear the baby cry, I would actually maybe go to your parents' place or go out and not be there. I've done phone consultations and supported people over the phone when they're doing the passive settling. And I've actually gone in and done it myself. When you're emotionally removed once, it is a bit easier. Passive settling works as long as you stick by every rule. If you change it, it won't work. Put the baby down, walk out, the baby will start to cry. You put your mobile phone on two minutes. When you go in to reassure the baby, you stay maybe 15, 20 seconds. That's it. You don't stay there and wait for the baby to stop crying because it won't stop crying. Just reassure the baby, rub his tummy, run your hands over the head, say, it's okay, it's Nana's time, I'm coming back, and leave the room. So it's two minutes, four minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Some babies around the eight to 10 minutes just go to sleep. And I'm not kidding. You look at each other and you go, how how did that happen? And you actually feel sort of quite proud of yourself because it works, you know. With a baby that does that, I would not give the baby a dream feed just that night. But when the baby wakes next, you go in and you do it again, two, four, six, eight, 10, 15. So the other thing that can happen, a baby does the two, four, six, eight, ten, and they do the 15 minutes. And if they are still screaming, like absolutely not having a break, you need to have an end. You must have an end to passive settling. As in, if the baby's crying and crying, go in, pick the baby up and give the baby a very good feed. My cutoff time is 3.30 to 4 a.m. If the baby wakes around that time, go in, pick the baby up and give it a lovely feed, lots of kisses and back into bed. They usually will sleep another couple of hours and wake up at 6.30 or 7. My son woke up at 5 to 5 for three years. It just does your head in, but survived it. So second night, you bath the baby, feed, pop the baby down, and quite frequently the babies talk and then they cry. And and if you're watching them on a monitor, it's actually very cute. They're just sort of having a look around. And then the next thing, they just put themselves to sleep. It's like a Christmas miracle. The second night, you do that and also you restart the dream feed. So it's bath, breast or bottle, bed, doing a bit of the passive settling, dream feed around 10. If the baby wakes up around 3.34, definitely a drink, back to bed, and then they'll be up first thing in the morning. Everyone will be feeling good because there's nothing quite like a good night's sleep. To have sort of like an overview of what sleep with a baby looks like, from zero to six weeks, it looks like around three to four hourly feeding overnight and again three to four hourly 
during the day. And as the day progresses, the baby, it doesn't sleep as well in the afternoon. Often they have a very good sleep in the morning. When you have a new baby, you don't have to try and get them to sleep all the time. And holding the baby is perfectly okay. If they sleep in your arms, that's okay also. Remember, this is parenting. This is about loving your baby and keeping them close to you. Nothing bad happens if you hold your baby. So when the baby is 16 weeks, the baby sleeps longer overnight. So we've got more weight on, getting older, a bit more play on the floor. And so they're really capable of sleeping five to six hours after that late bath at 10. During the daytime, though, everyone talks about cat naps, like it's just the devil. (laughs) Whether they're called a cat nap or a short nap or whatever, they're fine. The baby actually cannot do any better than that. If he's sleeping well overnight, you actually would only get three to four short little sleeps of maybe 30 to 45 minutes. It's fine. 16 weeks to six months, the babies can really do that 6 p.m. bath, bed by about quarter to seven, right through to 4 a.m. with the dream feed around 10 p.m. And that keeps going usually for about the first 12 months. Again, the baby may have these shortened sleeps of three to four naps of maybe 30 to 45 minutes. They are okay. So the six-month to the 12-month age is usually when things have started to settle down a bit and you can see the routine and you can predict what the baby is going to do. So the baby can sleep 7 to 4 a.m. with the dream feed. And then because at this age, the baby is very active, it's quite a common time that babies can actually be up for a couple of hours and go down to sleep for an hour and a half or two hours. Around 18 months, a lot of parents say, my baby doesn't want to sleep. Look, I'm pretty big on saying, well, it's not the baby's decision, really. This is what we have to do as parents. We need to drive what is happening with the sleep because if they have that sleep in the middle of the day, they really are happier and easier to manage. If they miss the sleep, I've just said they really are past tired And there's a lot of crying and screaming and tantrums and really, you don't want to do that. So try and keep that daytime sleep up until three and four years of age. Toddlers are busy and it does give you a lot of patience and it also gives you that space when the baby's sleeping for everyone to sort of recharge. The bath, again, is always around six o'clock the dinner first and then a bath. People read babies a book and have some quiet time. And because of the passive settling that you did at six months of age, they really do go down to sleep. And you know what? That is all. That is it. If you get all those different sleeps during its years, when they get to four and five years, they will be good sleepers. There's no reason 
for a baby to be a bad sleeper. And I know that's a very big statement, but get help and get help early. Someone like myself, I can work it out very easily. When you have a baby, it doesn't come with all that information of what to do and how to do it. I've done this since I've been about 20. It's second nature and really get people who are medical, not your friends, no offence, medical people who are working in this environment to help you understand how babies can actually get to sleep, enjoy sleeping, and it helps you as a couple, it helps you as a parent, it also helps the baby. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Listener.